Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. Mesh Compulsive Overeater. Good to see you. Gosh, you know, I go to the same meeting, so guess what happens? I see the same people. <laughs> so... Good to branch out every once in a while. Thank you, Patty, for asking me to share. So um, I'll just tell you briefly what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And just so that you can um, be thinking about what you want to say, the topic today is going to be surrender. So um, I was born a compulsive overeater. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I came out hungry (laughs) and wanting food. Um, so food has been my thing my whole life. Um, and, uh, it really, uh, it was my friend, it was my enemy, it was my reward, it was my punishment. And it was, um, you know, the thing that I could get that could just numb the chaos and the bad feelings and all the stuff that was going on around me growing up. Um, food really took over my life though around 13, where I just lost complete control over food. And the way I did that was I became bulimic. So uh, I was a bulimic compulsive exerciser. And I was about, you know, I mean, my top weight was 175. But I don't know what my top weight was, because after I hit 175, I just stopped weighing myself. So if you don't weigh yourself, then you didn't gain weight. That's kind of how I thought about it. So I don't really know what my top weight was, Um, but being a a very overweight bulimic, obviously that's how much food I was consuming every day because, um, you know, I was eating around the clock and throwing up um, and then going out and, you know, trying to run. I mean, I was just nuts, you know, and, you know, I had a lot of other things too, like the food was like the symptom. But, you know, the, really the problem was self-will run riot, resentments, fears, um, all the things that we look at in this program when we take the steps, you know, and in taking the steps, I was able to see sort of my part in things. And I really thought I was this victim, but I really was not a victim at all. Um, and uh, so, you know, basically, you know, it's, it's kind of like everybody's story, you know, um, I stole food. I drove around in bad neighborhoods um, with an unreliable car uh, in the middle of the night. Um, back then, the only stores that were really open after 10 p.m. was the 7-Eleven. And I had to get there by 11. They used to close at 11. Can you believe that? Like, the store, <laughs> it was like stores were closed. Like, what? So um, anyway, I, uh, I hit bottom. I came to OA. Um, I mean, my food had really just, just taken over and um, I was just completely obsessed and I couldn't stop myself from eating food. You know, the food compulsion would hit and there was nothing I could do to stop myself. Like I didn't really want to be out at three o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the morning or whatever time. Um, you know, trying to find something that was open so I could get a fix, you know, I, that's really wasn't my first choice, but 
you know, that compulsion struck and, and I had to go. I couldn't stop myself. I could not stop myself. So I got to OA when I was around 17 and um, I heard about it through my mom who told me about a neighbor of ours that used to be hugely obese and that she weighed 125. And I'm like, how did you do it? You know, because I tried so many things. Like I'd go to the library and I'd get, you know, every self-help book under the sun and I'd bring them home and read them. I went to all the diet clubs. I tried all the different potions and whatever, you know, and, you know, I was, I was treating the symptom, but I wasn't treating the problem. And the problem was me. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I started going to OA when I was 17, um, out in Concord and, um, everybody at the meeting was old. <laughs> so now I'm old, but, um, they, you know, they were so welcoming and I knew that at least even if OA didn't work and I didn't know if it was going to work or if it wasn't going to work, but that I at least knew that if anything was going to work, it was going to be OA and that, um, I could stop wasting my time and money on all these other gimmicks and fads and things that I was trying in hopes of, um, you know, those things helping me to, to lose weight. And I also thought that my problem was my weight, but I realized I had a weight problem. <laughs> my weight problem was I couldn't wait for anything, right? That was my weight problem. So anyway, I, um, I wish I could say that I got to OA and I was so desperate, which I was, because I was, you know, basically suicidal and homicidal, depending on the day, over my food compulsion. And uh, I wish I could say, yeah, got abstinent and it's been happy ever after ever since. But it took me about four years of um, being, I, I kept coming no matter what, even when I was wiping crumbs off my face as I walked through the door. But it took me about four years to finally admit that I really am powerless over food. You know, I really have this disease. It's a disease and I have it and it's not going to go away. It's not going to magically, you know, go away. Um, I always like my main thing here was my thinking. <laughs> my thinking was if I could eat one binge food one time, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. I'd wake up and I'd go, okay, here's what I'm going to do today. Today, I'm going to eat one fill in the blank, right? Food that you know, usually was a sugar item. And if I can eat that one thing on that day, <laughs> then I'd be cured, right? And then I could eat just one whenever I want it. Well, of course, we all know how that story ends. I eat one. And of course, <laughs> I got the compulsion now because I'm, I'm like Jones in for the stuff. And then I go off on a binge and I would try this every day. <laughs> wow. You know, talk about uh, insanity, right? Trying the same thing over and over getting and expecting a different result. Right. So I kept trying to eat these foods and thinking if I could just eat them one time, somehow I'd be cured. Like, wow, what kind of thinking is that? So anyway, bottom line is that um, I took the first step. And I, like it says in the big book, you know, I truly, uh, fully conceded to my innermost self that I am a compulsive overeater. I have this disease. It's not going away. I can't eat that shit in safety at all. 
And that if I wanted to live, which, you know, it really came to life and death for me, you know, where I was like, you know what, I, I can't keep living like this. I hated myself. I hated my life. And I just didn't see a way out. I didn't see a way out that would work for any period of time until I took step one. And then amazingly, the thing that I always hoped for when I ate that one thing, you know, happened, which is that the compulsion with food was lifted from me through working the steps one through 12 over and over and over again, one day at a time. You know, it's a one day at a time deal. Who's got the longest absent today? abstinence today? Well, who got up earliest? I got up around six. So anybody got up sooner than me, they got more time than I do. So that's kind of how I look at it. It's a daily reprieve one day at a time. So, um, but, you know, I will say that I did celebrate 40 years of abstinence on April the 1st, which is a freaking miracle, you guys. I mean, I don't know how that happened. I really don't. I, I, I'm just baffled by how that time could go by. And I haven't had to eat compulsively. I haven't had to eat sugar. I haven't had to do any of that stuff that I used to do with food for, for one day at a time over all that time. And what have I done all that time? Well, I've come to meetings. I go to at least three a week. I go to now, go to more now because of Zoom. Um, but I'm looking forward to being in the same room again. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but I sure am excited for that day when we can meet in person again. Um, but boy, this is pretty awesome. You know, I don't know that I could have made it through this last year and however many months now, if we didn't have each other on these, on these, on these meetings, I, I don't know. Um, so anyway, um, let's see, where was I? So, uh, yeah. So one day at a time I go to meetings, I have a sponsor, I sponsor people. Uh, I'm always working the steps you know, with my sponsees or with myself or with my sponsor, you know, I can never, I just, I just can't get enough, you know, of, of, you know, working these steps and hearing how all you guys do this stuff. Um, and I learned something new every time. I mean, you'd think, I think I've probably been to, I don't know, maybe 15,000 meetings. If, you know, I ran the numbers one time, three meetings a week over all that time. You know, that's a shitload of meetings. And here I am at a meeting, you know, and I'm super happy to be here because I, you know, I need you guys, A and B. I don't know Jack about this stuff, really. I mean, I've been doing it kind of limping along one day at a time for all this time, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a process and I still have a long way to go. So anyway, I'm going to get to my topic now. Um, and I, I personally love this book uh, as Bill sees it. Um, so it's little snippets of, um, you know, Bill's stuff. Um, and uh, what I like about them is that they're like bite-sized, you know, like here's one page right here. Like, oh, that's not very much. I can absorb that in one morning. So anyway, but I'm going to read today, I picked three pages on surrender that I just really like out of this book. So there's an index, which I love, so I can pick a topic and um, read on that topic. So that's really helpful. So uh, this is page two. Um, and uh, it's uh, the, the title is in God's hands. And it says, when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything 
we could have planned. And then um, from that's from AA uh, Big Book, page 100. And then it goes on from AA Comes of Age. My depression deepened unbearably. And finally, it seemed to me as though I were at the very bottom of the pit. For the moment, the last vestige of my proud obstinacy was crushed. All at once, I found myself crying out, if there is a God, let him show himself. I'm ready to do anything, anything. Suddenly, the room lit up with a great white light. It seemed to me in my mind's eye that I was on a mountain and that a wind, not of air, but of spirit was blowing. And then it burst upon me that I was a free man. Slowly, the ecstasy subsided. I lay on the bed. But now for a time, I was in another world, a new world of consciousness. All about me and through me, there was a wonderful feeling of presence. And I thought to myself, so this is the God of the preachers. And, um, you know, I kind of had a burning bush kind of higher power experience kind of like that. Only mine was just like, oh, there's a God and it's not me. Um, and um, but I love this thing about and it burst upon me that I was a free man. You know, this this program has freed me from a living hell that even though I got abstinent when I was 20, you know, now you know how old I am, um, that. I was, it was a living hell. It was, it was so every day was just torture, just torture. And I'm free today and I get to do, I got a lot of fun stuff planned today, you know, and I certainly would not have gotten to do any of this stuff if I had to, if I was confined to my kitchen, you know, because that's really what I was confined. There had to be food and a bathroom, right? If there was no food or bathroom, I couldn't do it. Okay, then the next page I want to read is page 42. Self-confidence and willpower. When first a challenge to admit complete defeat, most of us revolted. We had approached AA expecting to be caught, taught self-confidence. Then we had been told that so far as alcohol was concerned, self-confidence was no good whatever. In fact, it was a total liability. There was no such thing as personal conquest of the alcoholic compulsion by the unaided will. It is when we try to make our will conform with God's that we begin to use it rightly. To all of us, this was the most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intention for us. To make this increasingly possible is the purpose of AA's 12 Steps. And I like this concept of bombard. I mean, if you were to describe my life before program, I would say bombard, you know, because I just bombarded everything. It's crazy self-will person who's pushing, shoving, and grabbing all the time. And, um, uh, you know, uh, self-confidence, it doesn't say self-confidence helps you a little bit. It says self-confidence is no good, whatever. And that means, and in fact, it's a total liability. <laughs> so I got to get myself out of the picture. I'm powerless. I know I can't do it. I know I can't make myself stop eating. And um, I need a higher power to lift the compulsion from me. And I'll read one more page and then I'll shut up. Page 87. It says what's called Keystone of the Arch. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we became open-minded on spiritual matters. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. We had to quit playing God. It didn't work. 
We decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He would be the principal, we his agents. Most good ideas are simple, and this concept was the keystone of the new triumphal arch through which we passed into freedom. Again, you know, God, my higher power has saved me every single day from myself. I mean, that's really, <laughs> I'd like to say that, well, save me from all you assholes out there, not you guys, but those assholes out there who who tortured me and who've been so mean and, you know, all that stuff. But no, no, that's not the problem. So, um, so yeah, so surrender is something I need to do daily. I get on my knees every morning and I surrender my day, my will, my life to my higher power. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean I always get the parking spot that I need when I need it. It doesn't mean that, you know, the, you know, I get magic fairy dust sprinkled all over me, you know, life's hard shit happens, you know, and I don't have to use food to get through it. And that's, that's why I keep coming back here. Cause this is the only place that I've ever been in my life where, you know, I, I can get through one day at a time, all the stuff that happens in any given day and not have to use food. So anyway, that's enough out of me. Thanks everybody. And I hope you all keep coming back.